brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that's reasonably entertaining for, what are you shooting for today, 25 minutes? I think we can go for a whole 20 minutes. I don't think, I think 25 is, you know, shooting for the Yeah, stretching, stretching, okay, okay. We are still banned in four countries. We're looking at you, North Korea. Two states, and due to an unfortunate misunderstanding, Harmeet can't come within 200 feet of Scarlett Johansson, or at least until we get the restraining order lifted. You can actually add Jennifer Aniston to that list. Call me, ladies. Call me. You wish in your wildest dreams. (laughs) No, I can't come come within 200 feet. I think my wife is enforcing that one. This is Made Man Bob, and joining me today, our good old boy, Harmeet. Howdy, y'all. Made Man Maury. Good morning, Bob. I and, like the new decor in the basement. Oh, I'm I'm so glad that you like it in the basement. It's you, nice. What it is, the velvet posters of Elvis that do it. No, I love the little dripping off the uh, the dogs height. The dogs playing cards? And or the, the cats playing types. pool? Yeah. The, the Elvis on black velvet? Yeah. <laughs> the black velvet Elvis is my favorite, man. It's Hey, it's black white. I, I Dude. Classy, baby. Nothing but class. So, And joining us today is good old boy Justin. Good morning, Bob. All right. I'm, this is a different Justin from the, the Nashville Justins. Yeah, exactly. We have, we, have another, we have another good old boy Justin who does yep. a different show. And Maury, myself, are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in seven states, our members combine a love of bourbon and a passion for charitable work. And a love of bourbon. Did you say that? Every minute of my life. A love of bourbon? Yeah. Yeah. They'd like to drink. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. Check us out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. This show is also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida, home of the Animatic Machine, serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. You can find them where? www.finespirits.net. And, of course, also check us out on Facebook or Twitter. Awesome. We are also sponsored in part by the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. The Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society, a group of people here in Fort Lauderdale who absolutely love whiskeys. We have meetups on a monthly basis. If you're ever in the area, look us up. We'd love to have you come in. Our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee. And today's show is all about independent Scotch whiskey bottler John Milroy. Today, we celebrate our independence. That's that's the wrong continent. It's the best I could come up with, man. Come on. <laughs> you couldn't get the Mel Mel Gibson one? What is an independent bottler you may he doesn't talk about independence. Independ- yeah. No. Freedom, yeah. He runs around with blue paint on his face and for crying out loud, he's Australian. What is an independent bottler, you may ask? Well, I'm waiting for someone to ask. What is an independent bottler, Bob? Thank you, Maury. Okay. An independent bottler is someone who purchases casks of whiskey, either new make or aged spirits from various distilleries, and bottles them under their own label. Sometimes they bottle the whiskey and list the distillery of origin. Sometimes they don't. Uh, but when they do, oftentimes it's a more affordable opportunity to try some older whiskey from one of your favorite distilleries at a more approachable price. Well, I'd like to interject something there. I think that in general, as a rule, the Scotch producers do disclose and like to disclose and i think it actually adds some credibility to the bottlings when they disclose when and where these spirits were distilled they'll often include the year it was distilled uh in addition to the exact age and that's in sharp distinction to american spirits where we tend to be much less transparent about where many of our whiskeys are coming from transparency in the swa 
No, 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 no. We just hosted a dinner with John Glazer at Compass Box, and believe me, there's no transparency in dealing anything with those guys. There's a, there's a, a lot of the big name brand guys will not put any of that transparent stuff, but the private bottlers are always right. The them. independent bottlers always. But when you think about it, companies like Jefferson's, for example, was really an independent bottler for a long time. Mm. We call it something different, but the bottom line is they're an independent bottler and they're sourcing spirits from places that are unknown to the general public hmm. yeah. well today we're going to be tasting whiskeys from the john millaray selection and i'm going to ask maury to give us some background on the company thank you bob it'd be my pleasure milroy's of soho was founded by john jack milroy in 1964 a fantastic year i might add lots of great things were happening in 1964 nothing good ever happened in 1964 ask your mother when he opened his wine shop at number 3 Greek Street in the heart of London's swinging 60s Soho district yes that's what I was looking for thank you oh behave <laughs> yeah yeah baby yeah. Peter Cook's Establishment Club was just mm -hmm. up the street at number 18, and the Marquee Club, a hangout for bands like The Who, The Rolling Stones, The Yardbirds, Led Zeppelin, King Crimson, and The Jimi Hendrix Experience, were around the corner on Wardour Street. You couldn't Peace come up with music love. for that? Peace and love. Where's my music for that? Come on, The Stones, The Who, what's Peace going on? Peace and love. Peace and love. Ah, you could have included a number of great clips. I'm sorry that we're not having uh, a little yeah. more music from the Zeppelin and the Who. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the last time I put Zeppelin on, it took you idiots how many minutes to figure out that it was the Viking song? Okay, come on. That's your people, not mine. Mm -hmm. The Soho Wine Market, as their shop was originally known, soon went on to sell not just wine, sherry, and champagne, but also whiskey. As Scottish yes. single malts entered the mainstream in the market in the 60s and 70s. 1972. I don't know where they get the 60s from. Well, that was overseas. In 72, we're a little late on the, this side of the mm. pond. By 1970, Milroy's became the epicenter of, single malt scotch of the single malt scotch whiskey revolution. Along with maintaining the then largest selection of single malt brands, Jack purchased individual casks of single malts from various distilleries that he felt were exceptional. He bottled them, thereby creating one of the first independently bottled single cask brands. There were a lot of independent bottlers long before this, but this is the first single the guy who was like a big single cask. Correct. Bottler. Over the years, he went on to bottle many whiskeys under his own label, and his brother Wallace went on to write the well-known whiskey books, Malt Whiskey Almanac and Whiskey in Your Pocket. In 2009, Jack sold his John Milroy whiskey brand to Berry Brothers and Rudd Limited. All of the whiskeys of the John Milroy selection are non-chill filtered and bottled at what the company calls near cask strength, meaning they only add a small bit of water to achieve what they feel is the best proof for that particular expression. As determined by Mr. Doug McIver, the whiskey manager of Berry Brothers and Rudd. The guy that builds like airplanes out of duct tape? Correct. That's the wrong MacGyver. Oh, if if, uh, if if Brent were here, he'd be screaming about that. Why not just put him in it at cast strength? Yes. Why add that couple drops of water? And here's a list of the whiskeys from the John Milroy collection that we will be tasting today. There are quite a few of them, so I'll run through them rather quickly. It's eight. You can't count to eight? Well, count I need two hands to count to eight. <laughs> it's more than we usually taste. We have the John Milroy Selection Glenn Moray, 19-year-old. The John Milroy Selection Glenn Gary, 20-year-old. The John Milroy Selection Linkwood, 27-year-old. The John Milroy Selection Milton Duff, 34-year. The John Milroy Selection Ben Rennes, 16-year. The John Milroy Selection Ben Nevis, 18-year. The John Milroy Selection Tormor, 20-year. And finally, we'll conclude with the John Milroy Selection Bunahaben, 25-year. All right, way to go. All right, Harm, why don't you uh, do our SIPs ratings for us? Isn't it traditional that the newbie do this? Do you want to have Justin do it? Justin, did anyone tell you about this thing? Yes. Uh, do, do you want to do the, the SIPs rating? Should we throw it to Justin? Why not? Do, okay, do your Tag best Scottish accent. You have one? You, you got to do it. it as a sea captain. Yeah, yeah do it as a sea yeah, yeah. captain. <laughs> so there, there's SIPs ratings. So, yep. so one SIP. Yep. The one SIP rating... Would be 
That's a Sorry. sea captain? What sea captain is that? <laughs> it's a sea a very, captain from Kansas. A very, a very drunk sea captain. <laughs> okay, the, one sip. One sip is the whiskey that you'd most likely wish to forget that you ever had. That's horrible. Otherwise known as give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Do you have an Indian accent you could do for two sips? Of course we can do the Indian accent for two sips. <laughs> Sounds like a Russian to me, but whatever. That's close. Drunk leprechaun. Let, let, him, let him do it. Let him do it. Two <laughs> sips. Go ahead. Do it, do it. I would say very nice, but what else do you have? Well, that was respectable. That I like that. Good. And the uh, third rating, I would say, hmm, interesting. What was this again? Interesting. He sounds like a white lawyer. Mm. Good, Shocking. Good yeah. Four. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. This one is a pirate. Come on, pirate. Oh my, I was unaware that anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! 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 I think I think Johnny Depp would be reasonably proud of that. I mean, it's not I think Johnny good. Depp feels secure in his. his All right, boys, yeah. let's get cracking. Open up our first bottle. Yeah, I don't think Johnny Depp is shaking in his boots or anything. Mm-hmm. Anything's going to happen now. All right, All right. So. Maury, why don't you take it for us? All right, first whiskey tonight will be the John Milroy selection, Glen Moray, nineteen year, at fifty three point nine percent ABV. Uh, it was barreled in ex bourbon casks and is from Speyside. Glen Moray was former was former brewery on the banks of the River Lossie near Elgin that began making whiskey in 1897. It is known for producing a quality whiskey for a reasonable price and one of the most widely sold whiskeys in Great Britain. There's also a component of the Whiskey Label 5 blended whiskey. And we'll be back. Clouds and crashing surf Iridescent dunes reflecting By the light of a rising glowing moon Seashore mesmerizing Night breeze hypnotizing We've come across these back roads None too soon Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows My hand is yours forever, sweet love And we're back, and Maury's telling us about the uh, John Milroy selection, Glen Murray 19-year. Thank you, Bob. So moving right along, this whiskey, very light in color. I'm astonished that it's so light for a 19-year-old whiskey. I think it speaks to the uh, nature of the barrels, which are more likely second and third, or perhaps even further, refilled barrels. Yep. Um, The nose, uh, they talk about some apples and spice. I I really found the nose to be relatively unappealing and really not very interesting um i didn't really get a whole lot on the nose it was just sort of there on the palate uh the whiskey is definitely very light um the producers talk about some light smoke i got no smoke i didn't get much toffee or oak i really just got a very very light whiskey that um really was um one note and very um not very complex um, the finish was short, and uh, really, this was not my favorite of the selection for the evening. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, it speaks to a whiskey that's been well made, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's past its prime, or uh, I, I don't know. It's just not something that I would uh, actively seek out. And with that, I'm going to give it one sip. All right, Harmeet, what'd you think? I love the fact that uh, he said he would not actively go out to seek it and then give it one sip. That's like, that's one sip is like, that's something I'd actively go out and break bottles. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> it's not well. It's not that bad. But uh, the color was straw. I agree with Maury. There was not much of a nose. I added water, and I did get some more barley, sugar, and melon notes coming out. I didn't get that apple and spice that the, they said. Uh, the mouthfeel was a little bit creamy, but the flavor was not pleasant. And that unpleasant flavor, I think, is just too long in these neutral oak barrels. Um, I'm, I'm thinking these barrels were used too many times, and it was just way too long in them. 19 years is definitely past its prime for this whiskey. Uh, unpleasant flavors came out with or without the water, and uh, I agree. One sip, son. All right, Justin, what do you think? I got a note of port on the nose. I thought that the um, front end was pretty pleasant and woody, but there was no finish to it at all. I'd give it two sips. Wow. Well, isn't that nice? I, I didn't find much pleasant. What do you, Bob? Did you find anything pleasant with this one? I, I get a I get a buttery aroma in the nose. Oh, you you poured it again. I didn't yeah. see. Yeah, there was a tiny little bit left. Actually, the samples we got for this one had a lot of char floating in it, which was kind of unusual. But uh, I'm I'm getting a a buttery note in the nose. Um, on the palate, I'm getting that slight buttery note as well. Bob, I I don't like to say this often, but may I sniff yours? Not what you said when we were in Alabama. Um, <laughs> what's what happens in Alabama stays in Alabama. He likes to spoon. What can I tell yeah. you? Um, yeah, it's 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 not a you know it it's not a extremely complex whiskey. Um, Maury, smell this. But a pretty pretty no, decent pour. Um, I I give it a two. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah, I, I'm I'm getting that butteriness now. You're yeah. saying yeah. Okay. It's, there's there's definitely you know there's definitely something in there. I, I think it needed more air. When I poured mine, I didn't give it any I, air. You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this thing needs the air to open up. And it well, might, it is an older whiskey, and it, it should might require go, a little you know, more It air might time. go up a, 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 you know, a notch or two, and I'm actually going to leave this one sit here while we do the rest of the show. I and hope see it if, if I had a larger pound, sample, you know, I might be able to leave that aside and let it kind of air out. But With you, it's always a larger sample. I know yeah. how it is. That's, he's, he's got ulterior the, motives, the, folks. The urologist wants a, a larger sample. Hold, bring me a cup, okay? <laughs> All right. Our next one's the Glengarry. Harm, why don't you take that one? Sure. Glengarry spelled G-A-R-I-O-C-H. So if you're looking for Glengarry on the shelf and yeah. you see it's Glengarryach. Yeah. But it's pronounced Glengarry. Sounds like a Klingon word. Glengarry was founded in the village of Old Meldrum in 1798. And also originally included a brewery and tannery on, on the premises which doesn't strike me as being sanitary or particularly good for the nose of a whiskey. 1798. Tanneries. What the hell is sanitary in 1798? Good Lord. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they make alcohol. That should like disinfect something. Exactly. But, so but it's tannery sanitary. smells awful at any rate. That's where they make leather. They're dead animals. No, not good. Well, they've stopped doing that. In the, the distillery actually stopped production in 1968 briefly due to a chronic water shortage and until a new water, water source was found in the neighboring farm. The distillery more or less sits on the Highland Speyside border and was past, uh, and in the past was one of the few heavily peated Highland malts, although today they've lessened that peat influence. Uh, back in the day, before World War II, actually, a lot of the Speysides and Highlands were peated, but that's changed. Um, the color, again, this is, this is a lot of used barrels, second, third fill probably. A color was straw to pale gold, a little more color on this one. The nose to me was uh, at first sweet, and then it went to a dry sherry type of nose with some yellow fruit. Water really enhanced it. Uh, I used a little squeeze bottle of water, and uh, it really enhanced the nose. This one really needed that. The palate was rich with candied fruit and some minty notes. It was uh, finished long, and it went dry, and I really appreciated that, and I, I give that three sips. Interesting. Justin, what did you think about the John Milroy? Reminded me of something that Al Pacino would have drank in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. I would say is white wine on the nose. It was a fiery long finish, but it was well balanced. Give it three sips. All right. Interesting. All right, Maury, what did you think? Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, you guys might want to pull up a chair or a pillow because I've got a lot to say. <laughs> 
That's oh. a first, really. <laughs> yeah. Maury you, being wordy. I've never had that happen never in my that life. But you never played damn sound clip about him about, about being too wordy. With me, oh, That's yeah. That's great. Yeah. Go ahead. Make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. <laughs> Joke maker. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I like this whiskey quite a lot. It, uh, I, I got a lot of corn on the nose, which is shocking and surprising considering it's a malt whiskey that really has zero corn in it. But that being said, um, I did get a lot of young corny grain on the nose. You need to drink uh, more dry sherry. Mm-hmm. On the palate, I thought it was viscous. It had a nice, nice oily. Noise, noise. Noise. <laughs> noise. Oily mouthfeel. And uh, I thought it was a balanced whiskey. I thought it was extremely well made. Uh, I was a little underwhelmed by the color. Again, the color of all of these selections tonight are very light. And this one was no exception. You well, can't judge a good light. whiskey by the color. Yeah. Especially I mean, Scotland. Judge, they, could, they could easily dump some you know, caramel coloring in it and make it as dark as you want. I, I When I'm doing, drinking scotch, I don't really look at color. No, I know. But I'm just simply saying that the color doesn't have a lot of eye appeal. That's all. So in other words, you're, you know, you're, you're into color. Okay. I'm colorblind. What can I say? Mm-hmm. I'm just a little more evolved than you, racist. Yeah. Okay. He likes the colors, though. That yeah. makes him. Yeah. Color. He likes them dark. He's a dark. So is my guy. wife. We yeah. miscegenated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's got a nice, uh, nice medium length finish right in the toilet. <laughs> nice whiskey. Uh, I definitely wouldn't pour it out of my glass. I give it three sips. Okay. Interesting. Bobby Joe, do you concur? Um, I really like the Glengarry. Um, a lot of dried fruit, a little toast, a little bit of coffee note to it that I got on the very back palate. Seriously? Yeah. Just, just sort of I, I like. I need a, to get another sip. It's of not a. It's like a white coffee mocha kind of thing in the very back end. I don't think there's any left. <laughs> it's yeah. Isn't it amazing? The ones we all like are the ones that are empty. The ones one that we don't like are the ones that are completely full. Um, again, this is another one that uh, benefited with a little bit of air and definitely better with a with, with a drop or two of water. Uh, this one was stellar. I really like this. I give it a solid four. Nice. That's wow. Wow. I didn't see that coming. All right. Well, we'll have Justin talk about our Linkwood 27 year. So on this one. Read the script. <laughs> Read. That would imply that he actually is literate. He took, no, he actually took notes on like separate sheets. He's the lawyer. The, He's instead sh- of yeah. the, the paper we had in front of us. He's used to his secretary taking the notes for him. Get the stenographer was established near Elgin in 1821. <laughs> there you go. In 1873, a new distillery was designed and built on the same location. The distillery was closed during World War II from 1941 to 1945. What we refer to as the dark time. Thank you for the history lesson, Professor. Sorry. And they reopened it. Actually, sorry, but World War II started a lot earlier for England, 1940 before 41, right? No? Do you want to like get into semantics now? Right, well, they were close to 41. Up. I'm sorry. The but question is, did World War I really end? But World War, Yeah, there you go. In 1971, an effort to increase production, a second distillery known as Linkwood B was built next to the original site, and the facility again was closed from 1985 to 1990 but has been open ever since. What'd you think? I thought that there was a definite wormwood note on the nose. It had wormwood. a light flavor. It was not peaty. It had a definite solid scotch character. You could taste the oak. I give it three sips. Hold on. Interesting. I wasn't ready. What'd you think, Arm? Justin just went too. He flew by. You're used to us wordy bastards. So, uh, what Justin forgot to mention? Well, this is a. Uh, this came out at uh, 45.4.0 ABV, and it's filled. It's in uh, refill hogsheads. So I'm guessing the second use. Again, if it's all refill hogshead, I would expect more color. But uh, it's a straw, pale, pale straw. The nose, I got candied apple, caramel custard, and sweet oak. Uh, I didn't put any water in it first. Um, I don't think it needed it at 45.4. And uh, the fruit was really good on the palate. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I did end up at putting some water in, and it didn't really change the nose that much. But what happened was the finish went out longer. It was surprising. A little bit of water brought that finish out. And it's just a sweet, gorgeous whiskey. And I gave it four sips. 
That's classified. All right, Maury, what'd you think? Okay, uh, I thought the um, Linkwood was the more one of the more interesting uh, offerings this evening. Uh, I thought that had a very interesting nose. It was somewhat perfumey and uh, fairly complex, and yet feminine and delicate all at the same time. Uh, the palette definitely had some flowers on it, some hints of cherry and tropical fruit. Um, I thought there was uh, more than a little bit of smoke. I thought on the back end there was. Uh, definitely some smoke you had to get it sort of on the exhale it was definitely not a smoky peaty whiskey but um some had described it as very faint and i would say uh, you know a little bit of smoke um but certainly not a lot i like it i'm, I'm tasting it's... again and, and i didn't agree with you at first but you're right it's the very yeah. end of the smoke that very that very last end. little exhale through your nose is when it comes in mm. yeah i think it was a nice whiskey uh i enjoyed it quite a lot i give it three sips interesting all right. Well, I picked up uh, definitely some rose water, a little bit of perfumey nature, uh, um, apple blossoms on the nose, uh, definitely cherries. The fruit was heavy on this one, and that smoke on the back end really, really just sent it over for me on the palate. That that exhale, uh, really love this one. This one, this one, solid four for me. Yeah, I've had some other great private bottlings of Linkwood too. I think um, sometimes. Yeah. The it's private, an underappreciated distillery, it really. Pri- is. Private bottlers, I think, sometimes do better than some of the original yeah. bottlings. All right. Well, Harm, why don't you tell us about the next one? Uh, the next one is the John Milroy selection, Milton Duff, 34 year old. Bottled at 47.9% ABV. It's uh, finished in, or it's aged in a hogshead. And Milton Duff is a Speyside w- distillery, founded in Elgin in 1824. The site was one part, once part of the Benedictine Priory of Sion. No, no, that's sorry, that's yeah. what the Priory of Sion. No, no, that, that's very Dan Brown. Okay, Brown. keep going. The Benedictine Priory of Pluscarden, uh, which was go. founded in 1236. Nice. That's 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 some ancient nice. stuff. Nice. There are uh, no visitor. There's no visitor center there. The distillery is closed to the public. And which is you know the favorite my favorite kind you sneak in. I hate the one. I, I love the ones with no no visitors center. Yeah, you you just need a pole. Just practice some pole vault. You need Viking invaders is what you need. I just can go do that. There. The majority of the production is, is used as a main component of teachers and Ballantine's blended Scotch. Again, the color here was very light straw. Uh, the nose uh, without water was just walnuts, just black walnut. At first, it was not pleasant. It did need the air to get even get to the walnut. Um, after a little while, it became flowery, and I got walnuts and dates. It was really interesting. Uh, the palate reminded me exactly of Ballantine's. It became earthy and medicinal. The, fidish, the, the finish was also medicinal and earthy and kind of long with a little Band-Aid going on. Not my favorite and not pleasant whiskey for me i don't mind band-aid in an in a isla whiskey that's got a good amount of peat and smoke this didn't have it it had the earthiness and and the bitter walnut going on and and the the dates and the flowery notes did not overcome any of that i felt it was a little unbalanced and i can only give it two sips well isn't that nice all right maury what'd you think i thought uh i think harmeet was being kind <laughs> and politically correct uh, I really wanted to like this. I thought it's the most mature selection we have today to talk about. Uh, 34 years old. Uh, it's a, certainly a reputable distillery and really has has a lot of history and great potential. I was, uh, again, struck by the lightness of the color for a whiskey so old. Even in a second or third filled barrel, it's, uh, it's still relatively light. Uh, the nose was really just not very much for me um i I found it uh almost a little off-putting and on the palate my main i was just overcome by sort of a mustiness um perhaps a hint of nuttiness and my overall impression was it's just sort of past its prime yeah i'll give you that it's definitely past its prime i think it spent too much time in the wood i think it probably should have been bottled and drank uh five or ten years ago and um or you sold know, to Ballantines? Or sold to Ballantines and blended in. And uh, as much as I'd like to really rate it a little higher, to be honest with you, um, one sip is about all I could muster today. I'm sorry. Water. All right. What did you think, Justin? All right. I would say the nose smells like the bilge water on me ship. 
And the was that the sea captain? Are we doing? You need to do Viking at this pirate. one. Come on, sounds like a homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. How many homeless guys have built ships? There are very few homeless, homeless guys, guys in pirate land. Thirty-four-year-old so. scotch. But right. the sea captain's definitely thinking bilge water here. Oh man, that's not. That and doesn't seem like a pleasant note. This is going the right direction for them. It had a really long finish to it, and it changed as it went. So the finish was actually really, really interesting on this one. So I would give it two sips. Well, okay, so it started out unpleasant but went interesting. Bob, um, I actually took. Is that some how of your that. wife described you? Unpleasant at the beginning, but interesting. No. No, I haven't got to the interesting part. That was part. the pool boy. Oh, yeah. you became unpleasant That's Ramon, later. the pool boy. He's awesome. He comes twice a month, and she's, like, really happy for a couple of days. I don't have a pool, but I figure <laughs> yeah. it's $100 a month, and she's really happy. So what the hell? Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. He's always tired when I see him, though. Um, <laughs> this is one that I actually put off to the side and let sit uh, because I was concerned Some that what we don't were have tasting, it was, a little, unripe bananas. it was a little bit closed, and it definitely opened up. With a little bit of time and a little water, it absolutely needed the water. Um, I got some rose petal on the palate. I got a very light bit of vanilla and smoke and nuttiness on it. Um, after I let it sit and open up, it definitely I thought I thought it was I thought it was a, a lot better than when I first opened it. It was very closed down when I opened it. And I definitely want to make a comment, and that is just about all of these benefited from a little teeny yeah. bit of water to open them up. They were all a little bit closed, and the water did help all of them. Well, they're so all older. They're all also yeah. older selections. Air and water yeah. is going to help. I all mean, of when them I started things. out, I went, oh, "This one's a two. But once I let it sit for, I let it sit over here for about five minutes and and get some air, kept swirling it, and added about two or three drops of water and it really picked up for me and uh i give it a three wow interesting so it? i guess we approach these all differently I mean, we got we went from a one to a three we usually don't vary that much you got to give it time yeah how much I do mean, they pay you to give them that three you're a, that's doesn't pay wrong. me gives me back rubs so <laughs> peace and love peace and hold love. out for the front rubs not just the destination but baby, the whole elation Riding down this lover's avenue As slow as a willow blows Or as fast as the whirlwind grows We glide beneath the stars in cobalt blue Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows My hand is yours forever, sweet love Our eyes ahead on these back roads with a view And we're back, and we're talking about the John Milroy selection. So, uh, Maury, why don't we have you tell us about the Ben Rennie? Okay, thank you, Bob. Does anyone know how to actually pronounce this? I call it Ben Rennie's. I call it Ben Rennie's. It's B-E-N-R-I-N-N-E-S. Ben Rennie's. Ben, I don't, Ben Rennie's? Well, it's 16 years. It's Whatever. pronounced Smith, but yeah. <laughs> it's Scottish. It could be Smith. Yeah. All right. Well, the Ben Rennes Distillery was founded in 1826 and was originally named Lynn of Ruthrie. Interesting that, name. I like I like their new name better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The distillery was destroyed by however, a flood. However you pronounce it. In 1829, it was only three years old and it was destroyed by a flood. And then it was rebuilt and later sold in 1842 when it was renamed Ben Rennes. And this expression is 56.3% ABV barreled in X bourbon casks. So it's uh, quite a bit uh, higher proof than some of the things we've been tasting. And I think that shows. Do we have any left? Just no, asking. we drank it. I, here's a little bit here. You know, we still I just spill ones. it. They no, don't last. There's there a little go. itty bitty witty bit left. Yeah, there you go. Uh, has, uh, again, a light color, Executive relatively straw colored. Uh, on the nose, it's got a. A pleasant nose. It's got typical, a uh, little bit of heather, a little bit of floral note, and uh, I would say the nose is relatively delicate. 
on the palate. Uh, it's definitely a little thick. It's got some uh, beautiful viscosity, really coats the mouth nicely. Uh, some have talked about a bit of smoke. I really don't get much smoke at all, but I do get some ripe fruit, a little bit of spice note, uh, even a little bit of um, uh, tannin on the palate. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely a little bit younger than some of the things we've had earlier this evening, but uh, nonetheless, it's nice. It's got a medium finish, uh, a well-made whiskey. I think it's got a lot of potential. Like we said earlier, I think water opens it up nicely and really just brings a lot of those flavors to the forefront. I give it a solid three sips. Interesting. All right, Justin, what do you think? So this one had a different nose than the other ones. I would classify it as a Riesling nose. I found it to be medium on the peaty side. It had a generous mouthfeel to it. It had a long woody finish. Um, and then I tried it again with water and water really opened it up and lengthened the finish. I would give this one three sips. Interesting. Trying to figure out where the hell he's getting the peat from. What'd you think, Harm? I'm trying to figure out what they drank. Did I yeah. drink the right whiskey? Because I disagree with both of them completely. Um, well, they are heathens, so. Well, I don't know where you got the Riesling note from. Justin, expand on that. Where, where the, what Riesling notes are you getting? So it was like sweet, like white grapes. No petrol, no peach, no apple blossom, nothing. I didn't. I I don't know what where you were going with. I mean, I got some apple and pear. Maybe maybe that's where your riesling is coming from. But it it wasn't. There was like a green it was apple. So note to it. it was so light. Um, and I I didn't put any water in it. Uh, the palate was pleasant, but there was nothing much there. How much but, whiskey are you talking about? Are you are you reading Ben Rennes sixteen ben year Rennes? Ben Rennes. Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, because I didn't get the same things he got. Okay. And Frankly, I just thought it was meh. Um, yeah, that, that was, that's on my page, M-E-H, meh. Um, there wasn't much there. Adding water actually killed it a little bit. I thought the finish was short, and I gave it two sips. Well, isn't that nice? Well, as usual, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Um... <laughs> I definitely, the nose on this, the, the apple and the pear on it, with a, just a one drop of water, it really, really opened up for me. Um, on the palate, I'm definitely getting some fruit. I'm getting some spice notes. I'm getting that, that sharp kind of green apple. What spice? Yeah, up in the front, in the front, in the nose, in the front palate. Um I, I like this one. I really like this one. I give it a solid four. Holy camoly. Four sips. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's do the uh, Ben Nevis uh, 18 year. All right. Uh, ben Nevis was founded in 1825. It was located in Fort William next to the Ben Nevis, the highest mountain in the UK. The distillery was bought by Nika in Japan in 1989. Um, this one, again, light pale straw color uh fairly light nose on it again another one that i let sit for a little bit and it really benefited from a little bit of airtime to open up um i got sweet creamy a little bit of oily texture to it i got some fruity notes in it um on the back end i definitely got a little bit of coconut and i also got a little bit of uh toffee flavor in it a good solid effort. Uh, I give it a solid three. Interesting. What do you think, Maury? I think you're being generous today in general. Um, I love great scotch, and some of these are really phenomenal producers, and they've certainly got plenty of age on them. Um, this one might have been one of my least favorites of the evening. Um, that's why I wasn't sure if Harmeet was talking about this scotch or the, or the Ben Rennes because I, I summed this up with three letters, meh. I just <laughs> didn't really find anything um, uh, positive to say about it. So um, for me, it was just there. It just went past my palate relatively quickly. I thought it was not complex. I thought it was relatively one note, short finish. Um, there was nothing 
outwardly displeasing about it, but there really wasn't a lot that made me run out and want another sip or another glass, much less buy a bottle. So with that, I give it two sips. Well, isn't that nice? All right, Justin, what do you think? I got a uh, anise or black licorice nose off it. It felt like it was lightly peated. Water improved it, but it still wasn't very good. Definitely not one of the more memorable scotches. I would give it two sips. Well, isn't that nice? And Mr. Happy? Um, I mean, this is... I like this better than the, the Ben uh, the Ben Reans. Uh, this was... I got floral notes on the nose. Uh, par- the palate was caramel and earthy. With water, I really got more of that floral note. It went up. I got some white peach and pear. That's like reminds me of your Riesling note. Maybe we switch these? I don't think so, though. I, I, I know how to read, I swear. So, um, the palette. It went with violets and a little bit of candied fruit. I thought the finish was okay. I mean, it was a good whiskey. I would I wouldn't turn my nose up. This is the the hundred this is the hundred proof one, the fifty percent ABV uh bottled in um sorry, distilled in nineteen ninety seven. We've been, I think we've been neglecting to give the dates on some of these. So this is the 1997, 18-year-old, and I gave it three sips. Interesting. Yeah, I think I can, I, I think I can taste the Nika influence mm-hmm. on the spirit. It's, it's, you can taste that Japanese influence and the delicacy of it coming. I, I think they, they've done nothing but good things. Yeah. To the, the, uh, I mean, Nika. I've had some of their older stuff, and, and, and you can definitely tell a difference between some of the older stuff and the stuff that's coming around this time and forward. I've had some older Bomor, and I think Suntory, when they bought them, did a big improvement. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, why don't you tell us about uh, John oh, did Milroy? You, did you give a rating on this one? Hmm? The ben Nevis, did you give a rating? Yeah, I started it, oh. didn't I? Was, I? was I having my coughing fit, not listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I did, didn't I? Was anyone listening? Well, I gave it three sips. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about the Tormor. All right. The Tormor is a 20-year-old. Uh, this is the 1995 20-year-old at 52.6 ABV. Asian refill hogshead. It is a space side. Tormor is a relatively new distillery designed by Sir Albert Richardson of the Royal Academy. Construction was completed in 1960. It's located right next to the main highway in the area, but oddly enough, has no visitor facilities. Again, my favorite thing. Got to break in. Color. Let's say it all together, kids. Pale gold. It's like these were all pale. Uh, this is more than straw. This this actually had a little bit more, more color than some of the other ones. Uh, the nose, for me, was huge, huge butterscotch. The palate was a little bit one note. And then the finish was medium. Like, what's going on here? I, this, the, that nose promised so much. So what did I do? You all know I added water. And then with water, the magic. nose was magic. It was gorgeous. The nose lengthened. I got a little bit more from the, the butterscotch. It was like some candied fruit coming out. The palate, the fruit was through the roof. Apple and pear and um, I can't read this. Oh, the mouthfeel. Yes. Mouthfeel was just improved so much it was velvety the finish went long and i really was impressed by this whiskey and i gave it four sips that's classified and i've had tormor from the distillery that tastes nowhere near as good as this this is a big improvement this is one of those examples of where this private distiller takes something and makes it better yeah private bottler private bottler sorry yes well maury since you you interjected you you actually got some in your mouth i'll ask you to say something what do you want I'm not ready. I'm going to revisit it with some water because I didn't really have. <laughs> He's, he had the water. I didn't really have a lot to say Justin, about it. Justin, are you the ready? Water. Sure. Go ahead. I got a definite raisins on the nose, and it was uh, also woody. The front end of the palate was pleasant, and um, I definitely got a lot of pears and grapes on the back end. It was pretty well balanced. Pretty decent flavor. I'd give it three sips. Interesting. You didn't get the butterscotch on the nose? I did not. No. How about you? Much as I hate Are to admit it. Harmony yeah. is correct. Exactly. It was very un unimpressive without the out water. Of the bottle. Yeah. Without the water. The water really changed you, everything. Everything in this series we've had, honestly, 
air and benefits water. from two things air and some water time with air and a drop of water i haven't had one from from john melroy that doesn't benefit from a little time if you take it straight out of the bottle it's one thing and if you give it five minutes and about one drop of water it completely you changes. know that's probably true of all of us we benefit from air and water well you except could, for harmeet he's an aerobe well, <laughs> he could do with some water and some soap no. but what'd you think oh, of the whiskey uh, uh after the addition of water i'll skip my initial comments after the addition of water i thought it had a nice nose i thought it had a pleasant palate i thought it had a very nice viscosity improvement and it's interesting how it can become a little more oily and viscous with the addition of water uh, uh all in all i think is a solid whiskey well made and uh i gave it uh, three sips just three uh, just three i'm disappointed in you. yeah i'm disappointed in you uh, as much as i hate to agree with mr happy over here uh yeah this one was this one was awesome once it got a little time and a drop of water it just, just exploded tries, it absolutely opened up the nose apples and pears and flowers and and, and just absolutely gorgeous um on the palate light and sweet i got the the apple notes i got green apple i got citrus notes oranges and lemons a little bit of nuttiness in the back end it i didn't was, get the citrus the first time but now yeah, that you're you know saying it's, it's crazy when you think of it we keep talking about the bourbon world and adding water as diluting it and we love cast strength and we think that stuff that's been proofed down is down and it's just shocking that how much of a benefit you have to remember that there, there are more compounds in a bottle of whiskey than you can shake a stick at and some are alcohol soluble and some of them are water soluble. And, you know, some whiskeys will benefit from water. Some it will wash out and make horrible. But in general, I think the bourbons benefit less from water than scotches. My personal palate is with scotches a lot of times, more often than not, especially with older stuff, a drop or two of water will open things up significantly as opposed to an older bourbon. On a younger bourbon and a younger scotch, it seems to go the opposite way. With a younger bourbon, a drop or two of water for me seems to help it, as opposed to a younger scotch, it doesn't. It seems to wash it out. And then, then the critical question is there: Why are you shaking sticks at things? I've never picked up a stick and shaken it at anything. Your wife's from Alabama. That's all they have is sticks. I give it a solid four. <laughs> That's classified. All right. Oh, pick me! Pick me! Pick me! I don't see anybody who wants to do this. Um, is there anybody in the class that would like to do our last one? Let's see. Anybody? Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh Mr. Kata. Mr. Kata. All right. Fine, <laughs> yeah. Horshack. You take it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. One um, of the sweat hogs. Boone Hobbin was established in 1881. Wait, tell us about the whiskey first. On Proof. the Sound of Isla. It's a 25. It's a 25. It's a 56.2% ABV, a 25-year-old Boone Hobbin. John Milroy selection, aged in a hogshead from Isla. And we, it's a 1990 distillate. Thank you. Uh, it is accessed by a narrow road that was built solely to access the distillery. Due to its relatively remote Do location, left? the original builders of the distillery were also oh, constructed housing on site for its workers and even on site a school for the workers' children. Although it is an Isla whiskey, it is generally lighter and less peated than its peers. Yeah, this is one of the... the other than Brooklotti, this is the lightly, most lightly peated whiskey from Agreed. Isla. And I find it in the in the uh, Bunahabin line, the older they get, the less peat there is. They really the peat seems to fade and give way to some of the more complex flavors. Uh, I think it's a nice whiskey. I think it's very well made. I think it had a lot of sweetness and candied fruit on the palate. Uh, frankly, I, I thought it was a delicious whiskey with a nice finish, and I gave it four sips. That's classified. What'd you think, Justin? I got a caramel nose off it. I think it was the best of the lot today. There was no peat. I got uh, mint and caramel on the finish as well. A definite four, definite four sipper. I uh, have to agree with you. Uh, the nose was uh, melon and, and a little bit of mint. The mouthfeel was amazing. Tropical fruit. Four sips for me, too. Bob? That's classified. Once I added water, the, the honeydew melon in this absolutely leaped out. Um, it, it was great when I opened it, but after giving it a little air and a drop of water, this one went off the charts for me. Five sips. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
You can catch all of our episodes online as well as on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes, Google Play, and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip, Suds, and Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. Be sure to tap subscribe and the show will always be on your phone. We love your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at sipsudsmokes, and our Facebook page is always busting with lots of reviews and news. You'll also be able to interact with thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor and please take the time to rate this episode. It really helps us a lot. It helps us with our rating, and it also helps us know we're doing a good enough job. It's something we're actually asking you to do please yeah, we're, we're just shooting for good enough by the way yeah want to thank our co-host thank you justin thank you bob thank you maury bob it's always a pleasure to be here in the basement i did wear my hip waders today and uh, it's the first time i'm going home with dry socks sweet thank you Harmeet. thanks again bob i love this place the basement is the best place and i'm going to bring my black light to really bring out the elvis on the wall Velvet posters are great. I wish we had more time to talk about that last one, but a lot of whiskeys to taste today. Thank you, Ringo. Peace mm. and love. Peace and love. There you go. <laughs> All right. And this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink cheap whiskey. Wrong. Life is too short for bad whiskey. It's always good for cheap whiskey. You know what I say about whiskey. Get in my belly. That's right. Would you like some more whiskey? Is there anything left? You have to ask me nicely. This has been a one-tan hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time.